If you have your Bibles tonight, look with us to the book of Titus, the book of Titus, chapter number one. And I want to put on my glasses while I read. I looked down at the order of service a minute ago, and it said offertory prayer, and I read deacon's wives. And so I thought, I better put on my glasses to make sure I'm reading that correct, and it's deacon of the week. And so uh, I figured I better put on my glasses tonight. But I want to read in the book of Titus, chapter number one, and we'll begin reading in verse number one, read the first five verses. The Bible says, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, and the acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness, in hope of eternal life which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began, but hath in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. To Titus, mine own son after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we come to you in prayer one more time. God, I pray that, Lord, as we begin to look at Paul and his letter to Titus, Lord, and we look at this subject matter of discouragement, Lord, I pray that you may, Lord, help us to understand the reality of it. But, Lord, also from your word, understand what we must do to counter it that we might have spiritual victory in our hearts and in our minds as well. Lord, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Discouragement is something that is altogether common. Um, We talked briefly this morning, mentioned it, but the truth is that uh, every person here has been discouraged at moments in their life and and you'll probably be discouraged again at some point if you're not battling discouragement at the moment. To discourage literally means to dis or to stop the courage or the emotions of the heart, to, um, to be at a place where you no longer have the strength to go forward and fight battles. Literally, discouragement is coming to a place where you give up, toward, you just want to throw up your hands and say, What's the point? What's the use? Marriages are facing discouragement. Parents with children who have gone astray are battling discouragement. Spouses who have either a husband or a wife who have failed to make right choices and to live right are battling discouragement. Pastors are battling discouragement, especially after the last few years of COVID. Pastors are leaving the ministry in record numbers. Discouragement, coming to the place where you say, I just don't have the strength to go forward any further. 
You say, Pastor, what is discouragement? Is discouragement a, uh, is it altogether bad and is it altogether wrong? And I believe that it can be, but I believe there's an aspect of it that may be useful. And uh, we'll look at that uh, in just a moment uh, briefly. But I want to discuss this subject matter tonight of discouragement. I know what it's like to be discouraged, to feel like everything you do is um, just not good enough. Have you ever poured your heart and soul into something just to feel like you fell short? Your best efforts were underappreciated or they were not good enough. The problem still persists. You were not able to move past a problem or a circumstance in your life. It can come to a place where it can lead you to lack courage to go forward. I want to look here in verse number five. And the first thing we see here is that uh, Titus was facing some uncontrollable circumstances. In Titus, here we find that Paul is writing to Titus, and in verse number five, he says, for this cause left I thee in Crete. It's almost like Paul is telling Titus, listen, uh, don't get discouraged. I left you there for this reason. There are problems that you're going to have to solve. Uh, There are things that are going on, and I have left you there for a purpose. Titus, don't give up. Don't don't lose heart. Uh, There is a reason you are where you're at. Often, um, I've met people and individuals who... You know, you ever met somebody just who has an old soul, and you might say, boy, they were almost born just a generation or two too late, uh, just have an old, an old soul, and you might have even been to a place in your life where you think, well, listen, uh, look around you at society and the world that we live in, and say, man, I wish I could have been born back then. I wish I could have been born in a year or a day or an age gone by. I wish I could go back to the way things were when I was younger or when I was in my youth, back when Etowah was booming or back when America still loved God and still placed a priority on God. Have you ever found yourself going, listen, why did God leave me here? Why does God have me here? Why am I here today? What is my purpose? What is my reasoning? And if we're not careful, we can look at the circumstances and begin to go, listen, things are not the way that I want them to be. They're not the way I remember them. They're not what I want them to be in my life. And if we're not careful, we can become discouraged. We can lose heart in what we're doing. And Paul is saying to Titus, listen, for this cause I left thee in Crete. He says, listen, there are some circumstances that are beyond your control but Titus, I have placed you there for a purpose. You say, Pastor, but what about the things that are going on in our church or our society, our community? Can we, Pastor, things are going wrong. I understand that. I understand that this world is not where we want it to be, but that's okay. God has placed me here and God has placed you here for such a time as this. We're right where we're supposed to be. And I'll go further, I'll say, we're right when we're supposed to be. 
We're right where God wants us to be. But they're uncontrolled circumstances. It says that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting. There were problems to solve. Titus had issues that were going on, and Paul says, listen, there are problems going on in society and within the church body. And says, listen, Titus, there are things that you're going to have to work with. There are problems that must be uh, overcome. Why? Because the gospel matters. The church matters. The lost matters. Eternity matters. There's problems to solve. But sometimes in our attempt to solve problems, we can become discouraged. See, solving problems doesn't really discourage us. But when we attempt to solve the problem and don't find results, that's where the discouragement comes in. Whether it be church, home, relationships, work, whatever it might be. But then the second thing is, he says, listen, he says, uh, he said, set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I appointed thee. There were also people to train. And he was saying, listen, uh, Titus, don't become discouraged just because you need more help. Does that sound familiar? He said, listen, Titus, he says, I've set you there for a reason. He says, I need you to ordain elders in every city. He said, Titus, you're going to have to go out and, and, and get some people, get some men and train them and prepare them for the work of God. Sometimes when we look at it around our circumstances, we can get discouraged, can't we, thinking we're the only ones. You ever get the uh, Elijah complex where you're there and you're saying, listen, I'm the only one. And God says, no, you're not. I've got a whole crew set aside for the ministry and the work of the gospel. But sometimes we get an Elijah complex thinking we're the only one. It's just me. I'm having to labor by myself. And sometimes I've found in my life, and I'm not saying this is always the case. Sometimes there are actual lack of people, but oftentimes in my life, when I have become overwhelmed and discouraged from burnout, I have found that many times it is not because there are not people who are willing to work, but often, many times it's because I'm not willing to turn loose. It's not always the case. But sometimes there are people who want to get involved, and I'm somewhat of a perfectionist. I want things to be done right. Unfortunately, I'm so stubborn, many times I think my way is the only right way. Are you with me there this, this evening? And if somebody doesn't do it just the way I did it, then maybe they're not capable of doing it. And so we began to get this complex where, hey, I guess I'm the only one. And yet we know that we must train. We must allow people to make mistakes. We must be involved. We must, uh, listen, we've got some young people, not a lot, but we've got some. We're going to have to start equipping them, training them, getting them involved. We must. 
uncontrollable circumstances. Second of all, we find here that Paul is dealing with Timothy, uh, Titus, and I think that the first battle of discouragement was that of the circumstances that were out of Titus's control. But the second one was there was an abandonment that he was feeling. Paul says to Timothy, for this cause left I thee in Crete. Paul said, Titus, I understand that you're alone. I understand. The truth of the matter is, is that Titus had been abandoned. He had no leader. His leader was the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle Paul was gone. He wasn't there. Discouragement, we can be, get discouraged from circumstances that are out of our control, but also it's easy to get discouraged when we feel abandoned. <coughs> when we feel like everyone else has deserted us. Maybe you're here and you're a spouse and you're a husband or a wife. You say, listen, I feel like my spouse just does not care anymore. And I found that uh, not all the time, but many of the issues we find dealing with people in marriage counseling is that couples feel abandoned by their spouse, a spouse like their husband or their wife just don't care anymore. And, and many times it's, uh, it's true, their spouses have walked away, but oftentimes the communication's gone, the, uh, the uh, relationship's gone, and the foundations have crumbled and need to be rebuilt. But when we find for whether a good reason or a wrong reason, whenever we feel abandoned, we can get discouraged. Nobody wants to be alone. I don't want to. Matter of fact, let's go back to the Garden of Eden. What did God say? He looked down at Adam and said, it's not good for a man to be alone. Let me make him a helpmate. That abandonment. When we feel like we have no direction in life. No one to lead, no one to step up, no one to uh, carry, help carry the weight of the, the burden, the ministry, the, the family, your work, your business, uh, the, the crisis in your home and family, whatever it might be. Sometimes everybody wants to climb the ladder, but for those of you who have reached the top of the ladder, you find out many times it's lonely at the top. And when you get to a place where you feel like you're all alone, discouragement can set in and grip the heart. There was no leader for Titus, but also there was no leadership around Titus. Titus's job, according to Paul, was to train leaders, elders. And instead, this had not happened quite yet. And T Titus, no doubt, was feeling, not only do I have no one to give me instruction, but I have no one to walk alongside with me. The discouragement that comes from abandonment. 
I have never faced the loss of a spouse. My wife's here, and I pray that um, I hate it for her because it's not fair, but uh, at the same time, if I had my wishes, I'd rather go first. If God tarries is coming, I don't want to be left alone. Of course, I don't want her to be left alone either. But many of you maybe have lost a spouse, a husband or a wife. And that abandonment, that, that feeling when there's no one else to walk along life with you. I've spoken, I've, although I've never experienced it myself, I've spoken with many individuals who say it's the toughest thing they ever face. You know, I don't know, but I know that that loneliness for whatever reason, can lead us to the point where we become discouraged and say, what's the point? What's the use of going on? Why? By myself, no one seems to care. No one knows the struggle, the pain, the, the heartache that I'm feeling. What's the use? Furthermore, thirdly, we find that discouragement can come from rejection. In, first, in Titus chapter 1, verses 10, the Bible says, For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole households, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. Rejection, and that falls under really two categories, rejection by those who care only for themselves. You ever met somebody who couldn't see past themselves? <laughs> One of the greatest pains that we can ever feel is not fleshly pain. It's pain of the heart. When you love someone, when you pour your heart into them, when you love that individual more than life itself, and all they care about is themselves. To give love and it not be reciprocated back in return. Paul telling Titus here says there's many um, because they're vain talkers, deceitful. Verse 12, one of themselves, even a prophet of their own. We find that there are those who care only for themselves. Rejection by those who say, listen, you cannot give me in life what I want. And I'm not trying to hurt tonight because I don't know, I'm just getting to know the church here, but I would dare say in a congregation this size, there are some of you who have probably been told these things before. You felt what I'm speaking about. 
and I'm sorry, I hate that you went through that. But that rejection, things that lead to discouragement and where we say, listen, I, I wanted something. I wanted the best. I wanted to give my best. I, I wanted to go forward and have a, a, a relationship, a heart, a ministry, a, 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 a working agreement, whatever it might be. I want to have this relationship not only to be rejected. That can lead us to a place of discouragement where we say, I'll not do it again. I'll not put myself in a place where I am subject to rejection again. Instead, I'll close the door. I do not have the strength to go on and face it again. There are those who care only for themselves. But look now in verse Titus 1, verse 16. They profess that they know God, but in words they deny him. Being abominable and disobedient unto every good work, reprobate or disqualified. Reject. Rejection by those who care only for themselves, but also rejection by those who deny God. See, the truth is, is that as a pastor, I can preach the Word of God to the best of my ability and give to you the truths of God's Word. And as an evangelist, as a church member, you can invite your family to church and you can tell them the ways and the truths of God. But there are some who just deny God. And no matter how much you plead, how much you beg, how much you point them in the way of truth, they will reject the truth because they deny God and his power. <clears throat> and so, laborers in the church, in God's family, can become discouraged and say, why should I tell someone else about Christ? No one seems to care. Preacher, why go on visitation on Tuesday night? And I want to say thank you to everyone that came out. We had eight men show up for visitation this past Tuesday. Had some great visits. Praise the Lord. If you're able to come and go with us, come and go with us. If not, come and pray for us while we're out. Come be a part of it uh, when you can. It is important that we go out and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. But you say, Pastor, why? People reject it. What's the point? Some will. Some will. But if we read the parable of the sower of the seed, you find that some falls on the rocky ground and some on the thorny ground, but some will fall on good ground, and that seed will take root. The Word of God can grow in the heart. Well, we find that there can be discouragement due to rejection. I want to close with a conclusion by saying three things, providing three things that we can do to overcome uh, discouragement. Look in chapter 2 and verse number 11. Paul writing to Titus says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation 
hath appeared to all men. We must stay faithful to Christ because the grace of God hath appeared to all men, including ourselves. We must stay faithful to Christ and to what he has called us to do. We must be faithful to our duties. Sometimes when we get discouraged, it's easy to get our eyes off of what's important. And discouragement can cause us to lose focus. And so as God's people, if we are battling discouragement, then we must stay faithful to Christ. And also, we must stay faithful to the calling of God upon our life. We must be faithful to him because of his faithfulness. But we must stay faithful to what he has called us to do, which is to proclaim the gospel. To live lives pure and holy before him. To pray without ceasing. To do good. We must stay faithful. It is important if you're battling discouragement, and maybe the discouragement has even grown to the place of depression. You say, Pastor, how do I get out of this dark uh, cloud upon my life? I'm going to say, get faithful to what God has called you to do. And find a routine, find a, a pattern in your life of being faithful. And just get up, uh, rise up, as God said to Jonah, and be faithful to what God has called you to do. The worst thing we can do when we're discouraged or when you're depressed is to get to a place where you begin to isolate yourself, when you begin to uh, give up on your heart and, and to lose your routines and uh, to begin to slide into a deep, dark place. Stay faithful. Second of all, stay focused. Stay focused. In Titus chapter 2, verse number 9, it says, Exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again. That word exhort means to literally to encourage, to, uh, to cause them to uh, be lifted up. Encourage others. Stay focused first on others. If you say, Pastor, I'm discouraged. What do I do? Focus on others. That's the best thing I know. Joy, you want to have joy in your heart? The best thing I know to have joy is the acronym J-O-Y. Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. Put Jesus first in your heart. Focus on Jesus. And then begin to look outwards more than inwards and say, listen, how do I serve others? How do I help others? How do I encourage others? I'm not, I need encouragement. I need to be lifted up. How do I do that? I do that by lifting others up. Let's lift up one another in Jesus Christ. And when we begin to encourage others, they'll begin to encourage us. And before long, we'll all be encouraged together. And we'll be ready to get back to what God has called us to do. Stay focused on encouraging others. Then verse number 1, he said of Titus 2, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Promote truth. Encourage others. But then, stay faithful to truth. What is our truth? Our truth is the Word of God. 
we think we know what truth is. And yet in society, it seems like society wants to tell us that truth changes from one day to the next, don't it? You remember years ago, they told us eggs were bad for our health. Then they came back and said eggs are the best thing for your health. And I heard recently, they're back to saying eggs, some eggs are bad for your health and some are good. They don't know. But you know what is truth? Right here. I don't have to question it. I don't have to wonder or doubt. I know that this is truth. And when you become discouraged, you say, what do I do? Promote truth, stand on the truth, hide the truth of God's word in your heart. It's going to be real hard to focus on the wonder of God and your problems at the same time. Focus on him. Promote truth to others, but also in your own heart. And then lastly, and I'll be done. So how do we defeat discouragement? By remaining fruitful. By remaining fruitful. I want to look to Titus chapter 3, verse number 1 and 2. Here at the end of the letter to Titus, Paul says this. He says, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. Watch this. To speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing meekness unto all men. How do we be fruitful? How do we remain fruitful? First is... We must avoid bickering. Avoid bickering. Say, Pastor, does that mean I have to see eye to eye with everyone? No, that is not what that means at all. What it means is we're not going to fight among ourselves. We're not going to fight. He says, listen, speak evil of no man, but be gentle Showing meekness unto all men. Often what I find is that in our own heart, in my, my own heart, is that when I become discouraged, and if I know someone or if I've seen someone else who is discouraged, the natural tendency is, and you probably can agree to this, and the old adage is true, misery loves company. And so we figure if we're alone, we're discouraged. If somebody else was alone and discouraged, maybe we can be alone and discouraged together, and we won't be so alone and discouraged. But that's not the way it works. Avoid bickering so that we may remain fruitful as a church as a husband and wife, as a family. And then lastly, and I'm done here, this verse, verse number 12. Paul says, when I shall send Artemis unto thee, or Tychicus, be diligent to come unto me to Nicopolis, for I have determined there to winter. We must avoid bickering. Then we must avoid burnout. 
Paul said, listen, Titus, I know you're in the work. I know you're laboring all alone. I know you're dealing with problems and you're dealing with circumstances that are out of your control. And Titus, I know it feels like you're taking one step forward and two steps back. But Paul said, Titus, just be faithful. And then he said, but don't worry. It's not going to be long. And I'm going to come and stay for the winter. He said, Titus, I want you to come and see me. Titus, I want you to come get a break. Maybe you're here tonight and you're saying, Pastor, I am discouraged. I'm facing burnout. I feel like there's nobody else. I've been doing my same job in the church for five years, 10 years, 20 years, maybe 50 years. And say, there's nobody else to help. What do I do? I'm discouraged. My advice to you is put your head down, put your nose down to the grindstone and say, God, I'm going to be faithful to what you've called me to do. Second of all, say, God, I pray, would you send me a Timothy, a Titus, or as Titus was to train elders, say, God, would you help me to find someone that I can train to help me carry, carry the load? It might be someone who's going to do things different than you. But guess what? One of these days, we're not going to be able to, and they're going to do it different anyways. We're going to let them do it now and help us carry the load, or we can bury the load all by ourselves and complain until they get to do it their way anyhow. Say, Lord, send somebody that can help me. And then stay faithful. Avoid the fighting, the bickering, the burnout. Sometimes it's okay to say, I need a break. It's okay. It's okay to take a vacation. Uh, it's okay to sit back and say, you know what? Uh, maybe I've got to train somebody before I can do it. But it's okay. Paul said, Titus, it won't be long. Just hold on a little longer, Titus. Then I want you to come. We're going to fellowship together and renew your spirits. We can find that rest right here in the Word of God. Jesus said... Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Tonight, God has not called us to be discouraged. God has not called us to burn out. God has called us to thrive and to go forward with joy in our hearts and a spring in our step because we carry the good news that Jesus Christ died for our sins and he rose and he lives again and he's coming back. And we ought to with joy hold our heads up high and say, listen, I don't have to serve God. I get to serve God. I'm a child of the King. And with joy, say, Lord, remove the discouragement from me. For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you in prayer. Lord, I pray that you might be with us tonight.
Lord, I don't know the condition of anyone here or their hearts. Uh, Lord, just briefly, but God, you know the backstories. Lord, you've seen what I don't see. Lord, you've seen what no one else sees. Lord, I pray that, God, you may put a fire back in our souls. Lord, as your breath of your nostrils blew across the Red Sea and parted the waters, God, I pray that you may breathe upon our church and, Lord, part the, uh, Lord, the discouragement, Lord, whatever it might be that is hindering us from going forward. And, Lord, may you revive in us a new spirit, Lord, that will worship and serve you with joy and contentment. And Father, we'll thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. I wonder tonight if you might be honest with yourself and with God. I wonder how many of you tonight are battling discouragement. Maybe it's with church. Maybe it's with your family. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in your job. I don't know what it might be, but tonight I, I wonder, would you be willing to say, Lord, take this burden from me. Tonight, would you bring your burden, lay it upon the altar and say, God, I'll carry it no more. Lord, with your help, I'm going to live victorious. As we begin to sing tonight, if God has spoke to your heart, how about it? Would you come? And find peace for your soul at the foot of Jesus.